Hi friends, welcome back to Cozy Compass in the Car. We are in Ecclesiastes 4 this week and it's going to be great. Um, before we begin though, uh, it is just me today. Unfortunately, no one else could join me, so it is just me. Uh, and one more thing before we begin, we are going to start this with prayer so we can be in the right mindset. So when we study and go through this chapter, we are in the mindset and that, and God can give me the words to say. So I, yeah. All right, let's begin. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to minister to people, um, people that I don't know, people that I do know. God, just um, open my mind, my heart, my soul to you. Give me the words to speak. Give me the, just let me hear your message today. God, you are so good. So, so good. Let us find your goodness, truth, and beauty through this chapter today. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, let's begin. So I will be reading. Here we go. Then I returned and considered all the oppression that is done under the sun. And look, the tears of the oppressed, but they have no comforter. On the sides of their oppressors there is power, but they have no comforter. Therefore I praised the dead who were already dead, more than the living who are still alive. Yet better than both is he who has never existed, who has not seen the evil work that is done under the sun. Again, I saw that for all toil and every skillful work, a man envied by his neighbor. This is also vanity and grasping for the wind. The fool folds his hands and consumes his own flesh. Better a handful with quietness than both hands full, together with toil and grasping for the wind. Then I returned and saw vanity under the sun. There is one alone, without comparison. He has neither son nor brother, yet there is no end to all his labors. Nor is his eye satisfied with riches, but he never asks, For whom do I toil and deprive myself of good? This is also vanity and a grave misfortune. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and threefold cord is not quickly broken. Better a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who will be admonished no more. For he comes out of prison to be king, although he was po born poor in his kingdom. I saw the living who walk under the sun. They were with the second youth who stands in his place. There was no end of all the people over whom he was made king, yet those who come afterward will not rejoice in him. Surely this is also vanity in grasping for the wind. So once again in this in this passage, in the, even in the last couple passages, there's lists of what is wrong under the sun, the bad things under the sun, all of those negatives. And in this one, it's... Um, it, the first one it starts with, I return and consider all the oppression that is done under the sun. So it says right there, there's oppression. Um, the tears of the oppressed, they have no comforter. The side of their oppressors, there is power, but they have no comfort. 
comforter. Um, therefore, I praised the dead who were already dead more than the living who are still alive. That's just, that's a strongly worded statement. I praised the dead who were already, who were already dead more than the living who are still alive. Other translations say, and I declared that the dead who had already died are happier than the living who are still alive. Yeah, that, I mean, it makes sense. It's just the author lamenting how awful our world is and how people who are dead are happier than us living because we are oppressed or there are oppressors and there are no comforters. But you got to remember, this is also describing life without God. Because with God, we are happier than those who have already died. Without the, um, I don't want to use the word consequences, but like, what happens after death. We're, if we're not talking about that, you know, life on earth is awful. But with Jesus, it's so much better. And this is coming from the context that it's without God. So without God, the dead who have already died are happier than the living who are still alive. And verse three, it gets even deeper. Like it's like a knife, honestly, but better than both is, this is an NIV, by the way, I was reading in New King James. Um, but this is an IV. It says, but better than both is the one who has never been born, who has not seen the evil that is done under the sun. And in New King James, it says, yet better than both is he who has never existed, who has not seen the evil work that is done under the sun. Honestly, that it's true. I mean, who would want to see evil? I don't think any of us wants to want to see evil, but we are in an evil, sinful, imperfect world, so that's what we're going to experience. But, I mean, better than all of us are the ones who were never born, because they never have to experience that. I don't know. That, yeah. Um, my favorite phrase in just this entire book has to be um, grasping for the wind and fit, uh, or how is it specifically worded? This is also vanity and grasping for the wind. Because, I mean, it's repeated in almost, every, I think, every single chapter, if not almost every single chapter. Um, and it's just, it's that, let's see. I define vanity in our first, in chapter one. It is vapor, meaningless, or futility. And the vapor part makes perfect sense with grasping for the wind. Because wind is not tangible. Like, we can we can feel it, but we can't grasp it. It's not physical enough for us to hold in our hands. So, you know, vanity is like vapor. Like, it doesn't exist. It is there. But... It has no eternal value. So every toil, in verse 4, every toil, every skill for work, a man is envied by his neighbor. That is meaningless. It is, has no eternal value. But it also, this is also 
I have to keep reminding myself, I have to keep reminding people I'm talking to, this is not about life with Jesus. This is about life with without God. This is, life without God is meaningless and it's vanity and grasping for the wind. It is, I mean, life without God has no eternal value. I mean, it does, but like it has negative eternal value. Our actions and our jobs and our education, that has no eternal value. What does have eternal value is our relationship with God. Whether we have one or we don't, that has eternal value. It's not physical. It is a hope. It is faith. Because we don't know everything about our religion as Christians. Other religions, they can know every single thing about their religion, but it, for Christians, it just adds that mystical part. I don't like the word mystical, but that's the only word I can think of. It adds that mystical part of our faith, which means we have faith because we don't know everything. Because we can't fully understand God. So, yeah. Um, verses 9 through 12 are some of my, it's one of my favorite passages in the Bible, just together because it's the value of a friend. That's how it's titled in mine. It says that two are better than one because they have good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. That's just explaining why friends are important. We, As Christians, we need to surround ourselves with godly people. We are influenced by the people we surround ourselves with. So having this, having friends, whether it's just one friend, two friends, it doesn't matter. As long as you have those close friends who will pick you up when you fall, who will keep you warm when you're cold, who can withstand other people with you, that is, that's just what this passage is, is describing. And then verse 12 concludes with, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Threefold is just, it's th- it's like a braid. There's three strands. So, it's the three, three friends. So two, it's basically concluding like two friends are great. Three friends are better. No offense to all of you who just have one friend out there, because I completely understand. I only had one friend for the longest time, but, and you can have only one friend and that. I'm not saying that's bad, but you, at least you have somebody. And for those of you who don't have friends, I suggest whether you're an introvert, I am, so I completely get it. Um, and you don't like talking to new people. Sometimes you just have to push through that introvertedness and it's hard. But if also, if God wants you to have someone in your life, he will put them there and he will either give you the confidence and the courage to go talk to them or maybe that other person's an extrovert because that's what's happened to me most of the time. The other person's an extrovert and they just kind of pull me in and I have no choice. It always ends up great. So it's fine. 
but yeah. <sighs> I really love the title of this final section. It's verses 13 to 16, the, the end. Um, it's popularity passes away, just like toil and action, like some actions and all of those things that I mentioned earlier. Those are meaningless. They have no eternal value. How popular you are at school has no eternal value. How popular you are at church or youth group has no eternal value. And as somebody who witnesses popular people at my youth group and church and school, all of those things, like, it has no eternal value. And that's okay. You don't have to be popular. But what you can do in some settings, you can just love Jesus and make him known to other people, whether it's through just loving people or actually like talking about him. But talking about him, that's a whole nother thing. Like not saying it's bad, but you also have to be respectful. Um, but I find it easiest to just love people because they will ask. They will not be concerned, but they'll question why you're friends with them, why you are loving them. And even if they don't respect you or love you or they just, they don't like you, like you can still love them because that's what Jesus calls us to do. Um, yeah, popularity passes away, verses 13 through 16. It says, better a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who will be admonished no more. For he comes out of a prison to be king, although he was born poor in his kingdom. I saw all the living who walk under the sun. They were with the second youth who stands in his place. There was no end of all the people whom he was made king. Yet those who come afterward will not rejoice in him. Surely this is also vanity and grasping for the wind. So I have written in my margins here, uh, nothing on earth is eternal. True. Um, not even conceptions, not even concepts. So the concept of popularity. Popularity can is a concept expressed in a physical form. So somebody can be popular, but popular is like a social construct. Therefore, it's a it's a it's a concept. It's a show. Yeah. Um, so the concept of popularity has no eternal value. Um, it, yeah, that's basic. It's a short book, only 16 verses or book, sorry, chapter. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else to say. So I'll probably just close out in prayer and we'll be done. Dear Jesus, thank you for, thank you for these listeners. Thank you for the people that we get to minister on a weekly, daily, hourly, whatever basis. Just thank you for giving us the people to reach. Thank you for giving us the resources we can reach them. Thank you for being you. Thank you for, for this. Thank you for giving me the words to say and the people to listen. 
God, I pray that somebody today hears my words, hears your words from me, and feels your love, feels your touch, and you make yourself known to them. God, I just pray for all of our listeners, all of our friends, all our families, that you may bless them, give them peace and comfort in whatever situation they're in throughout every circumstance, God. In your name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening, friends. We we really, really appreciate it. You guys are so appreciated. Um, I, yeah, I'm thankful for you. Jesus loves you. We love you. Yeah. Have a great day. See ya.